0: Support your journey to wellness at b i o p t i m i z e r s dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. So I wanted to start out the podcast talking about the book that I'm reading this week. So I'm nearly finished, The Catter in the Rye. And there was just one bit in it where it really struck a chord at me kind of. There's a descriptive passage in the book where he talks about well, the protagonist, uh, Holden, talks about this girl that he was in love with, Jane. She used to put her hand around the back of his neck in, like, kind of a parental way. And he found it really weird because she was younger and smaller than him, obviously. So then he started doing it to his younger sister, Phoebe. And my dad used to always say that The Catcher in the Rye was his favourite book. And he always had a f- paperback copy in his back pocket when he, like, used to smoke Rollies and smoke joints when he was a kid. And... And my dad used to do that to us when we were kids, and I just thought, it, I just thought it was so cute that he got that from a book and then did that to us as children. But maybe I'm just super hyper emotional because of the isolation that I'm just romanticizing literally everything in my life. I don't know, but I just thought I'd share that little. I don't know. It was just something nice that happened to me this week where I put two and do together and just made that realization for myself. Um, and then and then also this week. Uh COVID-19 has had a had a direct impact on my family financially. I'm not gonna say what it is, obviously, my family's privacy or whatever, but not good. Like I just didn't expect anything to happen. It doesn't really affect me though, obviously, because I'm not a dep- like I'm independent, so it's just because I'm living here that I know what's going on, obviously. But after this I'd still I don't think I'll be financially struggling, but it's just my family in general. And then another thing that happened to me this week was my mum facetimes me like every morning and when I was staying in her house uh, over like Mother's Day, sorry I just need to plug out my speaker, it's making a weird white bu- uh, white noise. So yeah, when I was staying in my mum's, um, I'm not going to say where she lives because I'll give it away I think and I'm kind of scared. But anyway, I was staying in hers over Mother's Day and I stayed for a few nights and every single day, because she's working from home, every lunch break she'd have we'd go and bring the dog and walk. And... Forrest is still kind of like a puppy. I think he's like two or something, but we're still kind of training him because we got him when he was just born. And so we always have him on a lead. Like we'd never just leave him off the lead and roam around the estate, you know what I mean? So we were bringing him for a walk and there's like a big field just outside our house. And there's, because everyone's working from home, there's always people there now with their dogs. But there's this one like really big husky that always, uh, like Forrest yaps, like he barks because he little, like he's tiny little, But anyway There's this huge husky that always Like goes for forest And then when I went for a walk with my mum the husky like ran over and started attacking him and like I was obviously I was so shocked I was fucking screaming and I was like get off him get off my dog and the owner was like two feet away but just like watching it happen and not putting her dog on a lead so this huge husky was attacking forest who's like the same size as kind of a Pomeranian if you think of like a small fox that's what he looks like anyway so this big fuck fuck off husky was attacking him and we were freaked and then afterwards your one was like yeah, next time, just walk around the fields Because I live just there. I live, like, in a house just there. I don't know what she meant. She obviously meant, like, I've been living here for years, so you don't have the right to walk through this field, even though we live, like, two doors down. Anyway, so my mom was like, okay. We didn't say anything, even though it was her fault for not having her dog in the lead and not getting her dog off of ours. So we continued with our walk anyway and we went for like an hour long walk, this is before like the strict lockdown and then even on the way back the husky was still there and it started barking again but we walked like a really long way so it it couldn't run over but the owner still didn't like have the dog on a lead or was holding it back like if anything happens I'm not going to do anything basically. So then we got back home and that was fine and then I went back home, my mum facetimed me yesterday and said that She was bringing Farris for a walk again. And it happened again where the Husky attacked her. And my mom was like really scared. She was on her own and started screaming. And she was like, would you just get your dog on a lead? And then your woman's son came out and was like, don't talk to my mother like that. And if I see your dog again, I'm going to shoot it. I was like, how, how does that make any sense? How, I have no idea, but that really, really rubbed me up the wrong way. And I just, it's something that you just feel so, powerless when shit like that happens especially to your mom like what are you what am i supposed what am i gonna do being like i'll snap your neck mister (laughs) but um i'll kill you with my words um and then you know it's so such a thing for people to be like start some sort of campaign on twitter being like stop this injustice in my estate but I just I don't want to start any beef during an isolation when everyone's very riled up I literally get I'm getting involved in debates that have nothing to do with me on twitter and then I have to delete the app off my phone because I'm like why am I doing this to myself it's so bad for your mental health anyway so there's just things that happened to me this week oh like anything like anything else Honestly, take it away from me. But don't mess with my mom and my dog. Like, obviously not. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Anyways, today's theme of the podcast is what changes you'd like to see in Ireland after... This is over. And I asked people in my story to fill out the things. And it's stuff that I've already talked about, really. But I think there's just more of an urgency for people to want change after this. And I always get this like imposter syndrome, also privilege guilt, where I'm like, maybe I'm just giving out too much and I need to stop. Because, you know, boomers are like, you know, you're a snowflake. And then my dad sat me down at dinner last night and was like, you literally have lived through a pandemic. You're allowed to give out now. And I was like, okay, I've earned the rise. Hands up. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So, so oh, most people obviously just more of a socialist system uh universal one-tiered health system healthcare workers to obviously be paid more student nurses to actually be paid because I didn't even realize that I don't have any friends who are nurses I follow some on Instagram but I don't know anyone personally who's a nurse and oh actually my friend's mom is a nurse but she's a nurse in a like in a nursing home and my cousin was was a nurse but she's a fashion buyer now so I actually do know people who are nurses. Never mind. Anyway. And I didn't know that student nurses weren't paid. Which I find ridiculous. Because obviously it should be paid. Is it paid? Is it taxpayers money that pays nurses? But obviously governments don't think that they deserve it for some reason. Even though if you do placement in. Uh, with a large corporation. They usually pay like an internship fee. Even if it's small. But they still pay you at least something. So I don't know why government hasn't put any worth on nurses. Even though they're ones keeping people alive? Question mark. Anyway. But one of the main things that has started debate at me, or like I felt inclined to get involved with on Twitter for some reason, I've no idea why, even though it actually has nothing to do with me, because I'm not claiming the welfare, but people giving out about other people claiming the welfare. So this has been like a long existing argument that people who are privileged say oh, they're abusing the welfare system so they don't have to work. Even though you don't even get a living, you don't even get a living wage from it. Like you can't even afford to live or have kids off it. It's like, it's not sufficient. But then all of a sudden when the mass majority of people need the welfare, it needs to be, I mean, it needs to be more money. But now people who are still working, for example, in supermarkets, they're getting less money than people who aren't working at all and getting the welfare. So there's the whole debate of like, I should be getting more because I'm risking my lives or risking my life. But it's not that's up to your employer then because you know you have an employer employing you and I know in Tesco their wage was brought up but they could bring it to a living wage if they actually wanted to help out their staff you know like it's good I know and all to be given you know giving them the 10% but I know a lot of supermarkets aren't actually even doing that even though their sales are up like by whatever a crazy amount 200% so and then as well it's putting blame on the people who can't work being like this is unfair that they're receiving 350 euro and whether you think it or not if you're having an effect on people that are claiming the welfare you might feel guilty about it already shame is like the worst feeling that you could that you could make someone else feel if you're like shaming someone into doing something that's like the lowest I know with like fucking uh law of attraction bloggers whenever it's like the lowest vibration you could feel is shame and guilt so I know it's having an effect on people who are claiming it I amn't at all am isn't a word Keelan shut up I'm not claiming the welfare because I don't need it and I'm self-employed already. And people have said to me like, you could get it if you wanted to. And I know people who didn't work before and are now claiming it, but that's people abusing the system. And you can only say that to that person if you know them personally. Otherwise, if you're just saying it in a general term, you don't know what every single person who's made been made unemployed is making, what they worked, how much rent they have to pay, what their bills are. Like, you don't know their history unless you know them personally. And then you can text them personally and say, hey, listen, I don't think you should be claiming it just because, you know, the recession will be in a worse, worse place if more people abuse the system or abuse the welfare. But otherwise, you can't talk about it in general terms because... You know there's people that genuinely deserve it Or have been working their fucking arse off For absolutely nothing For ages in Ireland Because like the fucking minimum wage is so low And the rent prices are so high So they deserve it And they've been paying tax For how many years or whatever So I don't think Like I know I talked about it in my last podcast But I was talking about people that I personally knew That were abusing it Not in general terms um, So I wouldn't say people who are getting the welfare Don't fucking deserve it Because <laughs> it's just like it's if you're not getting it it has nothing to, to do with you and I obviously don't care like if people have been paying their tax and have been working really hard like they deserve it during a pandemic and I know you might not have anything to spend it on if you are claiming it if you live at home but it's not your fault that it was a universal pay like that's like the recession or the recession the revenue are reviewing it and it was just like an emergency fund for people who had to pay bills and rents or whatever straight away because if they started doing a means test which is like checking how much you make checking how many hours you used to work they'd have to check it with your employer like check your revenue and that could take weeks like everyone knows how long it takes to even get your tax back for stuff it can take a year sometimes so because it's a pandemic situation and it need an urgent action that's why they just made it a universal wage for everyone instead of means testing everyone but they're means testing people now because it's going to go on longer than we expected if you know what I mean so it's just universal for six weeks and then people will get means tested so it's actually not that long that it's going to be going on for it but I was trying to explain that on some Twitter debate. And then someone commented being like, who do you think you are using the word capitalist? I was like, I didn't realise capitalist was a racial slur. I don't know if he understood what I was trying to say. But I was just like, okay. Like the opposite of communist, which just means like universal wage. I don't know. But then I just deleted my app because I was like, this is stupid. I'm absolutely wasting my time with people who don't even understand what capitalism means. So I just screenshot the uh, definition and replied with that I was I, I. I'm absolutely wasting my time anyway and also for me it's really highlighted the importance of using your vote and exercising your vote in a democracy because we're so lucky in Ireland to have a democracy in the first place we don't live in a di- dictatorship or a communist country so and now we see how literally everything single thing in our lives is controlled by governmental policies government bodies municipalities like we don't we actually don't have control over anything in our life the only thing we have control over is our thoughts other than that like everything is controlled by the revenue and the government how much we're paid how much tax we're getting paid even like packaging on food how many people can go into a supermarket at once if you can leave your house or not what's played on the news on mass media um what else is controlled by the government like whether businesses stay open or not whether people get paid or not Even if homeless live, have to live on the streets or not Now we can see that because every single homeless person is off the streets And has their own rooms In fucking hotels that people sold public land govern, That the government posed, uh, What am I trying to say Government sold public land to build these fucking hotels That are now just filled with homeless people Like homeless ne- can live in places We found out Oh my god I can't believe it There's actually enough rooms in Ireland for homeless people to live in Who would have thunk Anyway, so now that we can see that all these things are very easily, very, there's an easy solution for all of these things, yet the government is just not doing it for some reason. It's just like, oh, we need a pandemic. Okay, fine. Then we'll give the homeless people a place to live. It's fine. Yeah, fine. You asked. Okay, we'll deliver. Oh, And then there's people who say, oh, I don't really care about politics. So I'm not going to vote. But it's like, it's not a, it's not a, a debate on whether you care or not if you should vote or not. It's that you should vote because it impacts literally everything in your life. So I don't understand people who are like, I don't care about politics. It's like, how? Are you, li- like, are you living in a tent in a field and not paying tax and they're off the grid? No, like you live in society. So how could you not care about politics? It controls literally everything in your life. So I don't, like, you don't have to be... You don't have to be a politician or like a politics student To teach yourself on the basics of politics And what's going on And like governmental parties manifestos All you have to do is google one thing And read for like five minutes And you'll be like oh I like this and I don't like this So I'm going to base that off who I vote for You don't have to be like reading books on capitalism And like reading books on neoliberal neoliberalism and shit like you just don't have to do that it's very basic on stuff that you have to learn anyway I'm fucking sick of it lads I'm fucking sick of it I'm fucking trying to force people to care about things that they should and then it's like people are dying and all of a sudden they care guys oh my god I'm going insane in fucking isolation anyway so I hope this makes people realize, especially young people, how it can impact our future a lot because now our country is going to, well, actually every single country in the world is going to be going into a global depression. Woo! Um, And obviously, uh, like, I'm not financially impacted by this at all. Like, I cannot stress that enough. But it's like, for other people's sake, please just care about politics and vote next time please <laughs> like all of the stuff like the healthcare crisis could have been avoided and all the nurses wouldn't have to work so hard and like such crazy hours and risking their lives every day if we just uh, had a more socialist system if we invested more in uh he- what's it called medical equipment and they were paid more and there there wasn't forcing like it wasn't forcing healthcare workers to emigrate for better living opportunities if we had them all in the country you know working they'd be able to see their kids and you know actually wear masks going into work and we'd have more ventilators so there wouldn't be such a high death rate I know that death rate isn't that high now because we flatten the curve from staying in but like even Germany people are still allowed to go outside because they actually have enough ventilators for everyone. And they're like, no one's gonna die here because we actually have all the equipment. Like, wouldn't that be nice, Ireland? Would it? Uh, I don't know. Um, so hopefully people now vote after this. I know everyone who listens to my podcast probably already votes and is like in tune because I literally scream it into the mic every week. But if you have any friends that maybe say that they don't care. You could just explain, well, are you locked in your house like I am? Because you probably should care for the next time this sort of thing happens. Because pandemics have happened before in the past. Like, um, I think there's a cyclical way that they happen. Anyway, but the way that they're spread and the speed that they're... spread at or the rate that they spread at will just keep increasing especially with climate change because um the way that if temperature increases and humidity increases the transmission of infections and diseases increases as well because i don't know there's some scientific reasoning behind it and then also with like because it's we're able to well, travel is so accessible and flights are so cheap. That's how pandemics start quicker now. So this will, this sort of thing. I know it's unprecedented now, but it will definitely happen again in the future. And obviously, recessions happen over and over again, and it just needs to be bailed out by socialism every single time. So I don't understand why we don't just go turn into a socialist country. Anyway, there must be some. Like I don't study politics in school, but that's just my own education on it. So that I've just learned myself. Another thing I've realised is, as well, with capitalism, it's created like a social construct of classes where rich people can accumulate so much wealth and there's nothing can happen to them, but there's a limit to amount of how much money is actually in the world. So billionaires can just keep accumulating and keeping wealth and keeping money, but it's just taking taking it away from other people rather than them just earning. It's actually taking it away from other people, if that sort of makes sense. So what I think... um, this has proven is that you know wealth cannot buy you health it can't buy you social interactions that keep us sane and keep us happy because obviously you can sit in your house with all your money and just get shit shipped to your house every day you could be buying yourself as much as you want from how much you're saving on pints or like coffees with your friends but it's not having it's not going to have any impact on your mental health or make you feel any better about the situation like it's not going to cure a pandemic so I think that's whole like consumerist capitalist culture of you buy these things to make yourself feel better doesn't work and I think that this has proven it as well because if that was true we'd all be delighted being stuck in our homes i know there's introverts like me who are self-employed i know people are like you're an introvert well um i'm ca- i'm an outgoing introvert where i'm like loud in in um social groups and stuff but i prefer, like i prefer my own company if that makes sense but um like obviously i don't mind being in a situation like this but of course there's the whole uh, fear of the world ending and shit uh, a pending doom, looming recession, that sort of thing. But other than that, like I have no problem with being in my house all the time. Like I know I won't get bored because I'll always find myself stuff to do, but that's just from being used to being self employed. But other people are used to routine inst- institutionalization. So it's hard for some people. But um I think that it's shown that this system isn't working at all. Like the, the whole idea of buying things will make you feel better or make you a better person isn't true. Sorry, the ramble. The basis of what I'm trying to say is we all deserve equal human rights regardless of income because money can't buy your health. I think that's the, the strong moral of the story of this pandemic story. You know, primary school, what was the moral of the story, everyone? I think this is it. Anyway, the next thing i'm moving on to is what changes i'd like to see in the education system which i'm obsessed with pining over i have no idea why i just uh, maybe it's just because i dropped out of college so much i'm just like tell me everything that that's wrong with the system it obviously i'm not the problem when clearly i just wasn't suited to any of the courses or i'm just not su- suited to third level education i don't think that's their fault <laughs> but, uh, it was just a real um self-obsessed way to blame everyone else but myself um anyway so I'm doing online college now, but what I'm doing is short courses so I don't get bored quickly because I think I just have some sort of short attention span. Anyway, um, what I found interesting is because all lectures all of a sudden have been made accessible online, but I don't understand how then there's, you know, the, with the bell curve and limits to how many people can do a course, it clearly can be, accept- like it doesn't have to be elitist where you need certain things to be able to study the thing that you want to. If that makes sense. Because if there is a room problem or like sp- I understand if there's a space problem in a college. There's not enough literally not enough seats in a lecture hall or whatever the fuck. Um, but if stuff can be moved online or more accessible courses for people who ca- like can't go to college. People who can't afford to live in Dublin. That sort of thing. If courses were ma- made available online which is what I'm doing. Surely more people would be able to get degrees then. I know a lot of stuff is based off uh, group projects and group work and a lot of what the college experience is, you know, social interactions and like social events, uh, societies and that sort of thing but for people who can't afford to live in Dublin for people who can't maybe even afford college, like the full three and a half grand or whatever the fuck it is um, they could do like short courses if like Trinity did short courses that you get diplomas from online that were free and available for people, it would probably bring up the employment rate and Probably it would would it affect mental health with people as well. I find that it has a positive impact on me if the more I'm expanding my mind or like learnings about stuff that benefits the world or benefits me if that you know when I yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think that would be a good way to have more education outlets on the internet as well and then with secondary school you know if like you were out for a day uh maybe you're having a mental health day or you were sick and you know you had to catch up with your friends or you had to ask your teacher what you missed like how come material isn't just put onto some sort of thing like you know how moodle is that still a thing and what other things did you use in college but you know those online things where like the lecture notes would be on it and then what assignments you had to do like why isn't that stuff available for secondary school as well because it's a lot of hours that you have to put into secondary school if you think about it like it's very draining to actually it's hard to be in every single day as it is I know you get like long breaks and all but you still have to work and study over those breaks too and then another thing that's an issue is the state examinations so the leaving cert just being a few days at the end of the school year and then you have to regurgitate all this information that you've learned over the past six years in school now for people who might be sick that day maybe you had to get your tonsils out that week like who the fuck knows you can't afford again you can't afford private healthcare, so you're on a waiting list to get your tonsils out and then the only day you can get it out is like on your English paper two exam so what the fuck are you supposed to do then or um so a lot of people were saying more like education, uh, what do you call it? Con- education. Um, continuous assessment based. I like the idea of that because then it keeps the idea of you have to, work consistently to get somewhere in life because it's not that's not based on real life situations where you're in a workplace and they're like you don't have to work for the whole year but you have this exact you just have this one thing that you have to work towards and then you get your salary if you work for like two months at the end of the school year like that doesn't in real life that doesn't make any sense so I that system doesn't make sense to me but I'm sure there's some I know there's more qualified people to talk about this than than me. People who work in the education system or like the the Department of Education know why maybe the Leaving Cert is good. But for me, uh, uh, logically and rationally, that doesn't make any sense to have just a set day at the end of the year where you have to regurgitate six years of information that you could have just crammed for the last two months. I think maybe you could do a big exam and continuous assessment as well as that. Um, More projects and more group work as well because in a workplace environment you do have to do a lot of group work and learn how to work with other people not be so reliant on yourself but I know that can bring obstacles with people like some people are carrying more and some are lacking but that's a real life situation as well and then another thing is uh, a new grading system on the Irish language because I know there's more there should be more uh, benefits of learning the Irish language or like an association with uh the positives of keeping the Irish language alive and the culture of it because we're obviously losing it more and more people are moving to ordinary level and not seeing the benefits of actually keeping the lang- language alive and then people seeing it as like a boring subject or like not taught properly are just going to get frustrated and not ever want to learn it again uh whereas you know there's 25 extra points for doing higher maths like why isn't that in place for Irish as well since it's associated with their culture you know the Brits colonialized us and took away our, our language and I want to take it back give us the six counties and our and our language back please anyway and I wish I like taught that as well when I was in secondary school because personally uh I was in higher level and I was good at Irish but I just hated the way like I was just frustrated the way it was taught because it wasn't like I could go to the talks and then talk to, to have a conversation with someone like I could write down an essay describing um, on trial, but I couldn't fucking have hold a conversation with anyone from the Gwaeltuct and I think that's not a right way to learn it like maybe the Irish could be one, like two oral exams or like maybe you had to do like an Irish play act out an Irish play rather than you know doing prose you know Irish prose because that's not useful in life because you don't ever have to like analyse an Irish poem you know, if that makes sense. But like there is loads of jobs in Irish media, say TG Cahar and uh, Radio Ngael, they're always hi- hiring people who could speak fluent Irish. So it is useful in that way in like employability. Um, and then as well, to be a primary school teacher, you have to you have to have done a higher Irish and to be a Garda as well, you have to have done higher Irish. And a, pres- a really high percentage of Garda are supposed to be fluent in Irish too. So if you reply in Irish, they have to reply Legally, they have to reply to you in Irish as well, something like that. So, you don't actually act- have to talk in, in English to Garda. They should be able to speak in Irish to you, which I think is a really handy tip if you ever get in trouble with the law and just keep talking to them in Irish. And more likely, like more often than not, they're not going to be fluent. So, they won't have a clue what you're saying. So, I think it's really handy in that way. But then, another issue that could come from continuous assessment is. And it was suggested, I know, from this year, if the Leaving Cert is cancelled, that your teachers take your previous, or your most recent uh, grade from whatever the thing. But, like, if you're getting taught from the whole of sixth year, the whole whatever, that the only exam that matters is your Leaving Cert. Obviously, you're just going to wait until the last minute. Like, that's just a normal human reaction. You're just going to say, oh, I'll just cram in the last two months, that's grand. So the mocks don't actually matter. It's just going to give an example of what the exams are actually like. So then that's affecting a lot of people that have just been used to the system where you can just cram at the end, like the last few months and I know there's a small percentage of people who actually are just like studying consistently I don't know who you are but it's not me um so I know that can't work and as well you know there's favoritism with teachers and it's hard because I know it's it you should be blaming teachers being like you shouldn't favor child uh, favor students and you shouldn't um blame students on behaviors versus their or base uh, students grades on their behaviors in class or like how their likability whatever but it's hard for humans to do that like we just do we we have to dislike and like people it's just our nature we can't like everyone equally it's really hard for humans to do that um so I know that can be hard for continuous assessment as well especially in subjective uh subjective subjects like such as English and I know that English teachers can be like Oh, it's not subjective. Like, there's all these things that go into English. But, for example, when I was studying English in school, I would only ever get C's and D's. Like, for my whole six years in school. And there was a teacher, especially in fifth and sixth year, that fucking hated my guts. I only got war- one Tour de Forest essay because... Um, we d- It was anonymous. We didn't have our names in it. And I wrote an essay on obesity... Increasing rates of obesity in, um, in Ireland and the UK. This is so weird that I remember this. But I was just like, fuck you after... Um, so it was increasing rates of obesity and how it impacts the healthcare system in, in, in the UK and Ireland. And then another one, I wrote a story on... It was a descriptive passage on... uh, It was something about magical powers. It was like a cancer patient whose wigs gave her magical powers. And that got an A1 as well. But they were both anonymous. So like one was like a Christmas exam and the other one was a... But like anytime I did homework or whatever, she would always give me Cs and Ds. So I was like, this is clearly you hating me for whatever fucking reason. And and then when I did my exam, I got like a B1, like my Leaving Cert exam. Because Sylvia Plath came up, fucking yes, get in. And I did an essay for I can't remember is English paper one or two the opinion pieces I can't remember but anyway for the opinion piece I talked about like uh, British colonialism of course and um I got a B1 and like I had I never went in during six years so like that was a good that was a good grade for me because I didn't work that much I never went in like me and my boyfriend at the time would just mitch all the time and just hang out with each other like we didn't really do anything the whole year so um yeah I know that can be an issue if there's favouritism with teachers and if they don't don't like you for whatever reason and for music and art as well for your practicals home ec as well for your projects so if you get like uh, exterior uh, what's that called outside examiners to maybe take exams then for continuous assessment or make them all anonymous but I know some teachers can learn off your handwriting um, then it would be a better grading system I think and but then a percentage I think should be participation in class and I know it can be hard for people who suffer with maybe social anxiety and anxiety but as well again that is preparing you for the outside workplace or like a real life work situation because in everything you have to participate in life and like speak there's no job really where you can be totally recluse and not talk to anyone unless you're like a creative like a screenplay uh a screenplay what's that called a playwright or um an author and stuff like that like then those jobs you don't have to talk to people so uh, but then is it a good idea I'm literally questioning questioning myself already so there's loads of other things there's loads of other options anyway is what I'm trying to say other than the whole just one exam at the end of the year I just don't believe it and as well like for my sister um who dropped out because of her depression has passed her leaving cert and she hasn't even gone in so, like, there's situations like that that don't make any sense. She's just passed because there's a pandemic. Like, handy for her, but... You know, if she did have to do a state examination at the end of the year and there wasn't a pandemic, she'd fail her whole year because of her mental health. But, like, there's nothing that she could have done about it. Anyways, um... Yeah, oh, God, that was a bit of a rant. And I know... Did I talk about this in the last last podcast? Or I just made a tweet about it. About everyone getting 100% in the orals. It, now, my perspective was no one is allowed to have an opinion on it because it has nothing to do with you. And like, I was just seeing the effect that I had on my sister. I was like, that's class for her because she was able to pass all of her things without going in. So I was just like, that's grand. Justice for all, justice for mental health. Anyway, improve the mental health system, please. Or fucking, maybe we don't have any, we have one child psychiatrist in the whole of Ireland. Maybe we could train more. I don't know. It wasn't so expensive to do medicine. Anyway, um, fucking, yeah. So someone texted me being like, It's unfair for people who don't do as much practical subjects. So, like, someone who did art, home ec and music would get, like, 100% all their practicals. So, that would bring them up much higher over someone who did, say, physics, biology and chemistry. None of them have projects. Do they? I can't remember. Um, I did biology. I should know that. But anyway, um, which I didn't even think about. Like, I was only thinking about the languages. And then, again, for people who are dyslexic or maybe just get exempt from Irish because they just moved to Ireland recently they wouldn't get as high a grade either because they don't do as many languages and then again so and then with the people getting 100% it's going to shoot up the points so people who are reapplying to the CAO this year who did their leaving cert last year is going to find it impossible to get into college because the the college points and it's going to be way more competitive and then it's going to fuck it up for people who are in fifth year now because next year the points will still be kind of high because it's very unlikely the points go down if that makes sense um. so I, yeah it has fucked up I, I take it all back guys it has fucked it up it's fucked it up big time so that was a bit it was a bit of a visceral response for me to tweet that being like but I take it back guys fully hold my hands in the air and say incorrect for me but the arguments that people were texting me being like it's unfair because I'm doing my my junior cert then I was just like go fuck yourself no literally no one cares anyway sorry if you're doing a junior cert but honestly it doesn't apply to you the junior cert actually doesn't matter like it's it's point it's completely pointless um but lastly I wanted to talk about I've no idea how long this podcast is going on for I wanted to talk about the environment, oh look, here she goes again, <laughs> so um, I know a lot of people were texting me being like, what do you think of, you know, you can see the fishies in in the Venice, what you call that, in Venice and, you know, clear skies, you can do the stars more and that sort of shit, like, that, I know that's great, ecological rejuvenation, it's what I've been asking for, like, yeah, biodiversity, yup, yup the lads, but I don't believe that people have to suffer in order for that to happen. And obviously the only thing I've really been doing... uh, When I'm not vlogging or like looking after Cora... I'm doing college work and I'm studying um, sustainable cities at the moment. And you know they look at the innovation and the implementation of more sustainable... Ways to reduce our carbon emissions. Like social sustainability and economic sustainability and environmental sustainability. It's not just climate it's it impacts everything so like how to create new markets and jobs through renewable energy and you know involve the community more by making public transport more accessible for everyone that sort of thing like making everything more affordable it's basically like a well-rounded view on how to make life better for everyone it's not just the environment so um I know from studying that like I am Literally, it's the only thing I can think about. Think more, Higgins. Who is she? Um, it's the only thing I can think about at the moment. So I know from studying, being like I, I, like people don't have to die for this shit to happen. Like it's it's like well, you can have like the world, the Earth benefits, um, climate wise, but like everyone has to die and stay in their houses. Like I don't believe believe in that. It doesn't make a it doesn't make a logic equilibrium for me, or like it just, just doesn't make any sense. So. I know uh, it just needs some governance from people. So on an individual level, um, municipality level, governmental level, international level as well. For example, um, governance by provision, which is like providing more cycle lanes for people. Governance by authority. I'm going to explain it more on my Instagram because every Friday I think I'm going to do like uh, a mini lesson. I keep giving myself tasks to do that don't even make any sense or like I'm just not arsed to do them it's like people don't care what I have to say uh, um, but it's just obviously a product of me uh, overthinking but uh, on Friday I was going to talk about obviously climate, gov- climate governance so uh, governance then by authority see I'm such a rambler I have no idea what I'm saying Which means banning the use of cars in city centres and instead just having a light transit line and more cycle lanes. So, like, it's safer for people to cycle. Because, like, I wouldn't cycle in the centre of Dublin in a fucking million years. Because people, like, I have, I know people personally who are knocked down by cars. And they're like, it's grand, I got a claim. But it's like, yeah, but you could have died. And there's just, there's not enough and it's definitely not safe. Um, And then stuff like electric cars I think that's that is a rule in Ireland electric cars are allowed to drive in bus lanes and then for more grants because I've been looking at SEAI grants as well if you don't know what that is and you want to make your uh, house more carbon neutral they basically give you grants and reimburse you for getting stuff like solar panels and if you wanted to get your own if you have loads of land you could get your own wind turbine made and they give you a grant for that or you can get grants for buying an electric car so they give you money off buying an electric car as well or if you wanted to build um an electric power charging point but for example like you need legislative change and like government uh investment to build more power charging points around around the country because like people can get an electric car but then on their way to work and they need somewhere to charge and there isn't anywhere like anywhere or space available to charge their car so then it's pointless so that's why it needs governance from like an individual level where people for example invest in solar panels and then they pay less uh they see the benefits by paying less on their electricity bill because you only have to pay like 200 euro a year to pay back your solar panels which is literally nothing compared to I was paying my electricity bill in my old house in Galway and it would have been like 150 euro a month for a house of four people so if it's only 200 euro a year you're saving so much money on energy and you're also a carbon neutral home and so people see the benefits there but then if you buy an electric car but you can't use it because there's no charging points then that's not your fault but like the government just need to invest more for to make it accessible for people so there's really easy stuff like that where um people can see the benefits from it and cities have such a good opportunity to make them carbon neutral because uh, 50% of people now live in cities worldwide and it's the, where the majority of carbon emissions are coming from so that's why there's such a focus on lowering our emissions in cities rather than putting like because I know that people talk a lot about veganism and the effect of um food and stuff but I don't think that we should be tackling that now because I know it affects I know climate change and ec- ecological breakdown affects farming the most but it's not the most urgent and it's not the easiest route we can go down like the easiest would be changing everything to renewables because that makes that um grows the economy as well as making us carbon neutral and making it more accessible for people because people for one it creates jobs for people people save money on their electricity bill and it's a good way to reduce our carbon emissions whereas if you lower the emissions with agriculture it takes a really long time to to like the farmers basically have to re-educate themselves um, you'd have to sell off all the beef. and It just takes a much longer time for, for that process. And if we did improve the energy sources, then we wouldn't have to have such a stress on people's diets. And I think that causes a lot of rows of people like, um, you know, people's traditions and like family income and stuff like that. But I, I don't believe in the heavy subsidization of the beef agriculture industry like there needs to be another way for, for them to make money rather than just totally subsidising it because then it's just a dead economy Um. anyway I hope that made sense but uh, I- I'm still going to be vegan for ethical reasons and stuff but I said this in a previous I think it was an Instagram live I don't know what I was talking about but if I ha- I want to rescue chickens when I, whenever I have my own house and then uh, but if you do rescue chickens they can't actually lay eggs because they're so traumatised from being stuck in cages and stuff but if they do eventually if some can lay eggs I would probably use them for baking a lemon meringue pie and I I wouldn't feel guilty over because it has no ecological or environmental impact on the world you know what I mean but I wouldn't eat meat because I just don't I just don't believe in eating like loads of meat is injected with different antibiotics and growth hormones and stuff and I don't want to have that in my body so that's like the only you know um but like I don't see anything wrong with people eating meat I'm not like oh you're a bad person because you eat meat I know I've said it before as well but I've just educated myself More on it I think from doing my online course Where I just have a different perspective on it Where I'm not like uh, Blaming it on the individual Like you should all go vegan Because people text me being like do you believe the whole world should be vegan Like I know in Buddhism and stuff they um, You know uh, what you call it Worship the cow so they don't eat a lot of meat So religion-wise, it makes sense. But then I don't have that philosophy where I'm like, I would go out and pet a cow. You know, I just don't, like, I just wouldn't have a pet cow. I just don't have any emotional connection where I'm like, that's so cute. I I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just trying to say that I don't blame you if you're not vegan. Because I know a lot of people, and especially for girls, because when I was giving talks in schools, I'd have to be really careful about talking about diet in terms of um environmental impact because a lot of girls take that so seriously. I, I, I know boys can suffer from eating disorders as well, but it's uh, the, the prevalence is within women. And you know, they think I'm everything I'm eating is bad for the planets, so then they'd end up not eating anything and then they're focusing on a lot of stuff they're eating and then it can cause orthorex, is that cause orthorexia? Um, body dysmorphia and that sort of thing where it's just like an overwhelming guilt in eating stuff and I think women have that already too much so I don't want to impose that so what I try to talk about more is like food waste where like get a compost bin and try not to buy stuff in plastic rather than being like don't eat meat you know I don't think you should be dictating what people should eat or not even though I know I've done that before where it's like people should try not to eat as much red meat but i'm not doing it in a way now where it's like insensitive and i think i can like i'm obviously learning to be about trying to be a better person so for anyone that's like that's hypocritical of you keelan because i know you've said that before and i probably have but just from learning stuff i feel like it's not a good way to approach things and i feel like there's different ways in helping out the world and not telling people how they should eat if that makes sense um so yeah I think I'm gonna leave it there I, my throat is actually getting sore from talking so much and I hope that brought you some comfort and some if you have anything else to add on how you'd like to see Ireland after this please let me know or if there's anything that I said wrong I don't mind getting just don't be aggressive because I know a lot of people are stuck in their houses and when they st- think they're starting a debate they're actually just like shouting down the phone at you and I just can't handle it at the moment I'm too fragile and sensitive so please try not to be mean when you're texting me um I know people who listen to my podcast aren't saying being like I'm gonna be mean to you now but you know when people start to bait sometimes they can just be like jumping down your throat um but yeah if you had anything more to add please don't hesitate to text me uh what do I reply most on I never reply to Instagram messages because I just get I get too many a day and a lot of them are just scary Um, some man asked me the other day being like, do you want a what was it called again? DDLG relationship. I'll pay you a thousand dollars a month. I was just like, what the fuck is this? So my friend had to Google it and apparently it's just like some online sort of like thing where I text him abuse and he pays me money. Like I'm not into it. So I just have weaned away from checking my DMs. So I'd say comment on my TikToks. That's probably what I'm most on at the moment. Uh, Other than that, or text me on Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest a lot. Don't text me on Twitter or text me on Twitter because I, I delete the app all the time. Uh, that's about it. Hope you're having a great, great isolation period, lockdown. Stop tra- focusing on when it's going to end and just focus on tomorrow. That's what my dad said yesterday and I thought it was a great point because the more time that you focus on when it's going to end, you're just going to drive yourself insane. Um, justice for all. Love you all. Beautiful people. Bye.